Welcome back to Five Gravity listeners. We are so excited to have Laurel Hart, naturopath, in the house again Woo-hoo. to talk to us about, about one of her favorite topics and one of my favorite topics, enzymes. And you may have heard about enzymes, but you may not have, and it's important you know about it. So I thought, let's get Laurel back on because she's got good training through the Loomis Institute to talk about enzymes. So Laurel, welcome back. Thanks so much, Juliana. Uh, yeah, I am excited to talk about enzymes, particularly digestive enzymes, because they changed my life. And I was like everybody else, you know, at a time before I um, had deeper education, I just was worried about, well, what vitamin am I lacking? What mineral uh, deficiency do I have? Or, you know, what is causing these things? And, uh, and then I learned about the worker bee. And that's the enzyme. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah. So today um, I thought maybe we just, because there are so many enzymes and enzyme reactions in the body, I thought we would try to keep it fairly simple to the uh, mm-hmm. digestive enzymes that I think can make right. such a great impact for people. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. So you said enzymes are worker bees. What does that mean? Well, they are um, a protein, uh, an amino acid uh, sequence, and then they have usually a tail of some sort. It could be mineral-based or vitamin-based or whatever. And they control or facilitate or speed up every action, every reaction in, in all the cells and all the body. So... They're the ones, like, like I was saying, you know, I was worried about vitamins or, or minerals or what do I need in my diet. Um, and when I found out that enzymes do the work and that you can basically throw all the, the vitamins and minerals you want at something, or you can eat all the foods, but if the enzyme, uh, if you are deficient in enzymes, you are basically wasting your, your time and your money and stressing your body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It can be the best diet, the best food in the world. Right. But if you're not breaking it down. Exactly. If you, you're not getting it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you yeah. know, and so I was introduced into to the term coenzyme. And they hmm. um, explained as I was going through my um, Loomis training that vitamins and minerals are coenzymes. And so that really shifted my thought because it's, you know, it, it brought the enzyme to the forefront. You know, like lipase, hmm. which helps digest your uh, lipids, your fats. You know, certain things are not going to happen in the body if you don't have, you know, you could, you could have all the, the fat-soluble vitamins or whatever. But if you don't have lipase, you don't ha- get the great assimilation uh, of your nutrition. Ah, interesting. So um, where do they come from? Where did these enzymes come from then? So we make, uh, we make the enzymes in the body. Um, we have enzymes that are uh, made and secreted in, in the mouth area. We have amylase and we have some uh, weaker protease or protein and protein, protein digesting enzymes, lipase, a fat digesting enzyme um, made um, in the uh, submandibular uh, and the sublingual or under the tongue areas of the mouth. Mm. Uh, we make uh, the primary 
area for making the digestive enzymes um, are in the pancreas, is in the pancreas. And then some of the, those that are involved, the, the later uh, finishing portions of digesting some of our carbohydrates actually hang out and are excreted in the jejunum, which is a very funny sounding word, but it's that, that, that yeah. uh, portion of the small intestine after the, the duodenum or duodenum, depending on who you speak to. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, right? so we make right? them um, and they're also in, in, in the foods that we're eating. So that's the bonus. When you have an apple, it has the enzymes inside of it to digest it. So, you know, like an apple falls on the ground, you pick it up, it's got a bruise, and you think, oh, it's bruised. It's, you know, it's like, no, it was, had trauma to that spot, which broke open and started the release of cellulase, to break open this or digest the cellulose or the protective covering on that apple. Mm -hmm. So, and you'll know, you know, as I speak, you'll hear like the ose and ace. And and so what folks should just think about is, is an enzyme, uh, most enzymes end in ASE or ace. So, and they digest something a lot of times that ends in OSE, like lactose or cellulose <laughs> so cellulose is that mm, okay. protective covering on your plants so um i think we could back up a second and think well what is the most important thing we can do to digest our foods and that is to be able to break up that like on a plant on a carrot or something to break up that cellulose because we as humans don't make cellulase but it's in that plant so we have to chew so, mm -hmm. so I think if, you know, if, if I were, if, if, you know, other than, uh, of course, I'm, I practice enzyme therapy and I'm a big fan, but if I had to say what's something someone could do for free to improve their digestion, it would be slow down and chew your food mm. mm -hmm. because we have to increase the surface area of that food and, and our chewing breaks that surface, breaks that tension and releases the enzymes in that food. So it should be easy, right? We just eat the food and between the food and between us, we make the enzymes. But um, of course it's not that easy because enzymes are, are killed off by heat. So if we cook our food above 118 degrees, it does not have the enzyme potential as it did once it, when it was raw. So, mm. for instance, our heavy, you know, animal proteins, they have the enzymes they need to be digested, but we're not about to go have that steak raw. So, <laughs> at least I'm, right. I'm not going there. I don't do steak tartare. I, I don't do raw meat. So, so, you know, so you have to, so, so anytime that we are eating cooked food, uh, uh, we have to uh, it causes our bodies to work harder pr to produce the enzymes above and beyond what it would normally produce to take up the slack for, hmm. you know, when, when it, you know, we cook out the enzymes in the food. And so that's where the stress comes in. Right. So it brings up like two questions to me. So you mentioned a carrot. 
carrot mm-hmm. a raw carrot has enzymes mm-hmm. we that would break down the cellulase or yeah cellulose in the carrot would it comes with the cellulase to break it down but then we cook it and the cellulase is cooked is cooked away or killed off mm-hmm. so how is the cellulose broken down if you were to eat a raw or eat a cooked carrot it is still still the same way in in terms that that the chewing is very beneficial but yeah there's the rub you've chewed it well and it's cooked but now i don't have any you know i mean you can you can destroy that practice that that covering because it's because it's cooked so so let me mm-hmm. let me back up. So you you have cooked off the cellulose. That's good. Now it's still a carbohydrate, and and you have other enzymes in there like amylase, and and any other carbohydrate uh, digesting enzyme that is no longer there. So you still have you know cellulose aside. We've cleared that by cooking it. Um, so it's you know for some people. It's, you know, they eat raw food and they are uh, in digestive distress. But if they eat a little steamed, steamed carrots, they'll do better. So, yeah. um, So on one hand, you can improve digestion. But the overall thing is that now there are other things that are not getting digested easily. And the body has to, Mm. you know, make up for that um, by saying, well, I need more amylase. I need more more things that will break this, this food down. Um, you know, so, so, so there, so there's that. So there, in some ways steaming or cooking can help, but it does, uh, it does disable or destroy the enzyme potential in the food. So, you know, okay. you know, people say, you know, kind of a shock factor is like, yeah, well, you're eating dead food. And it's like, well, I, in a way, I kind of hope so when it comes to some of the food, you yeah. know, but, but it is, it's, it's kind of sad, but it, but it doesn't destroy, I mean, you still have nutrients, vitamins, minerals, fiber, you know, protein, carbs, mm-hmm. fats, all that's very important. But again, your worker bee has been disabled. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, uh, I would say 90 plus percent of the standard American diet um, is cooked. Yes. I, 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 I mean, I, I probably went for years eating very few raw vegetables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, I guess it's too, like, how do we break that down? And is there a point at which we can't break it down anymore? Well, I think, I think there is, um, I think, I think, you know, a consistently, um, overcooked, um, and processed diet, you know, most of the time folks will have, um, what they think are, you know, regard as, you know, digestive issues, whether it's sluggishness, Mm -hmm. gas, bloating, constipation, um, those kinds of things, um, just no energy. So when you think about it, energy kind of go back to high school physics energy is your potential to do work okay yeah enzymes make that happen so also you know you'll get you'll get to where you're eating food and you just you don't feel energized by it you don't feel good you feel sluggish you you know fall asleep after lunch Mm -hmm. or dinner or whatever Hmm. and you know and so Yes, there is a point at which, you know, you've just had too much and you have definite 
um, signs of what, what I think is in the forefront and that's enzyme deficiency. Um, you know, people will end up calling it some other, you know, disease or disorder name, but it's like, look, if this were in the picture and you ate actual food, um, real food, whole foods, uh, it could, you know, all of that could improve. Right. I, I remember those days. I remember that if it didn't matter if I ate McDonald's hamburger or a salad, mm-hmm. I wanted to sleep after every meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my presumption being, and I didn't chew. I mean, it's like three bites swallow. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was, I worked in manufacturing. We had 20 minutes for lunch. I had to sneak, you know, sneak in some food. Sometimes I was on the run eating, yes. like walking through the plant chewing on something so there were a lot of times when I did not get that opportunity to chew so what do you recommend for chewing (laughs) something (laughs) like this so let's take a tip right out of that what do you recommend for chewing well I you know I'm going to kind of harken back to some um, Trinity School of Natural Health training and one of the first things I remember was chew your foods until they're liquid then chew your liquids Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. You know, I think I, I, I totally understand, um, you know, we have, we have taken mealtime and placed it as a secondary or tertiary interest. I mean, we all got to eat, but, you know, God forbid we carve out the time, exhale, unplug, you know, do the things mm. that bring us into a state of relaxation before we eat. And it's critical because uh, although there aren't any enzymes in bile... We need to be relaxed because um, bile is uh, is secreted during the process and is what helps us break down our fats by emulsifying our fats. And if we don't have it, we tend to to um, reroute some of that cholesterol into our bloodstream. So it's mm. always good to take time to, uh, you know, chew, but also, you know, kind of say, okay. I got to clear this. And I realized that it's, you know, I got to clear, literally clear the table, clear the desk and uh, treat mealtime as a time to actually um, unplug and relax and nourish ourselves and exhale. And, Mm. you know, and I, and, and so I know one of my trainers, when I went to the food enzyme Institute, the Loomis Institute, uh, he told a story that he, if his kids were upset before mealtime, he wouldn't let them come to the table and eat. Mm. Now, some, you know, sometimes you just, you're really hungry and that would only make them, I think, more upset. Um, so, so, they, right? so it was, you know, so they learned, uh, you know, to, to set some things aside, maybe play some music and relaxing music, sit down to the table and just chew, swallow use a use some liquid like some water but not a lot enough to enough to move that food along but again if you're if you're consuming a lot of liquid during meals you may be actually diluting your your digestive juices so oh you know so Hmm. it yeah so if you you've got a stomach that's trying to um take what's coming at it lower the ph so that the the hydrochloric acid can be made and 
and digest the food in the stomach or pre-digest the food in the stomach. So, um, so I'm kind of picturing that process of as here comes the food, you know, here comes the big gulp. It's like washing it all, you know, it's, it's just diluting it all. And that's a, a fairly, you know, intentional, delicate chemical process going on. So mm-hmm. I, I always encourage folks, um, yes, you need, um, you know, certainly need hydration. Uh, you're going to need some uh, fluid, want to, you know, something to drink while you eat so that as you're chewing, you've got to have enough liquid. You, we want it to go down. We don't want anybody choking. Right. But you don't, <laughs> but you don't have to load up. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, get, get hydration a half hour before a meal or get hydration an hour or two after. But um, during the meal, you can kind of turn that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to something you said, like, let's go back to my scenario of like, okay, mm-hmm. I got 20 minutes for lunch. I'm going to grab something. I got to run off to a meeting. I'm going to, you know, scarf it down in the car. <laughs> that happens right. a lot too. I'm going to scarf it down in the car really quick. And then I'm going to race into this meeting and it's going to be, you know, I'm stressed and there's a lot going on. There was a mm-hmm. couple of things I, you know, I heard you say first is you're not chewing your food, which means you're not producing the amylase and the lipase and the, and the beginnings of that digestive process. So you have this big hunk of food that's hitting your stomach. Mm-hmm. And then um, the gallbladder has to produce bile to break this down. But the gallbladder mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily do that when you're stressed out. Correct. Correct. So so those those situations are evident. I mean, you know, they're, they're, it happens in everybody's life. Um, you know, I need to be in, you know, to be in reality, it does happen. And, and so... Um, that's part of why I became interested in enzyme therapy and the actual plant-based and or animal-based supplementation that you can do um, for when things are not in your diet and they, and they need to be for when you don't have those ideal surroundings, the ideal setting for that meal, mm-hmm. or when you put too many different types of food together. And I'll mm. come back. I'll come back to that one. Let's kind of address that on the go stuff. Um, yeah. So you so so then you would look at um, a digestive enzyme to, to uh, supplement to go in with the first bites of food, so that you essentially have more worker bees um, during a time when you're really not yourself able to devote to um, taking care of your own digestion. Yeah, so you're going yeah. to have something in there with the amylase. You know, another thing about that fast pace is that, you know, you think about when, when does digestion start, you know? Um, and a lot of times people say, well, you know, it starts when the food hits your stomach and I'm back you up and, and, and think about like if someone brings a meal out and puts it in front of you. Mm. Okay. And you're like, Ah, you know, you're smelling it, you're seeing it, you're starting to salivate. Well, there's enzymes in that saliva. If you're, if you don't have any time for any of that, a lot of that, a lot of that early digestive process is, is skipped. So that's why Mm -hmm. I like the, the, um, you know, something that's a good, uh, you know, depending on, on what the person needs and, and that's some of the work Mm -hmm. I do that helps, helps, uh, them figure out which would be the best direction for them to go. But let's just take a general uh, digestive enzyme. It's going to have some things that 
digest our macros like carbohydrates, fats, and protein. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're taking that with the food, you may uh, then have a little bit better chance of actually breaking that down even with your fast pace or, e- you know, even if it's all cooked because uh, it is, or even if you're rushing and you're eating something raw, but you really aren't, you know, chewing. <laughs> so, yes. So, and um, I, you know, it's, Go ahead. Oh, and I just tend to, to tell people that sometimes they will also need something uh, at, on the other side of a meal at times um, when they may be um, somewhat sluggish at producing enough hydrochloric acid or mm. they may have difficulty, uh, you know, need support for that whole the whole system. And a lot of people have had gallbladder issues or they've had their gallbladder out and I, you know, and I have. So, um, when I had my gallbladder, I, it's one of those things. If I only knew now what I, you know, knew then what I know now, um, I mm-hmm. may have been able to save it, but, um, and so I, I have to maintain an enzyme protocol simply because there, I have, you know, I don't have a gallbladder. So. Mm. Yeah. To help you break down the foods that you eat. Absolutely. So uh, can you talk to the the relationship um, with enzymes and things like blood sugar balance? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Um, You know, when you are, um, when you're, when you're looking at things like the pancreatic enzymes, okay. And we have, we have inside the pancreas, we also have the production of insulin and, the interplay between that and blood sugar balance. And, and, and we also have an interplay between sugar and fat digestion and where do you get your energy? So, um, obviously, you know, um, when, um, when you are, you know, when, sometimes when you are craving certain things, you're craving, um, some, some people will, crave salty and sweet. Um, some people will crave, uh, fatty foods and things like that. And I always look at, okay, what is their potential for energy, you know, for energy? What is their potential for enzymes is in what are they eating? And then also, are they having any difficulty digesting their fats? Because I'm kind of getting a roundabout way, but but Juliana, when someone is craving sugar all the time or, or they have a sweet tooth, I also look at fat digestion because so much of our energy is, I mean, energy is from carbohydrates, but, but, but some energy seeking through sugar and which to the point that is creating a sugar imbalance or a blood sugar control issue is also often an issue of fat digestion. Hmm. So when I found that out, I was like, oh, that's huge. Okay, say more about that. And, right. and, that, and that, that sometimes when people get to the point that they're actually medically diagnosed um, with diabetes and people say, okay, well, you, you, know, you can't eat, you know, stop eating sugars, all your sugary foods. Well, you know, go back, back up a little bit. Why were they so, on some cellular level, so energy deprived? that they became craving. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of that has to do is if they were 
digesting and assimilating their fats well and had adequate energy across the board, they wouldn't be subject to the sugar ups and downs. So that's kind mm-hmm. of how, so, so, so I look at it, it's like, not only do you need to reduce, um, obviously the things in the, in the diet that are not helpful, um, packaged processed foods, high sugar and sugars hidden in everything. Yeah. Um, so once you know, get a handle on that, if you're not making headway, it's how are, are you able to break down and assimilate and use your fats? And you'll notice that people who do well on a high fat diet and they've lost a lot of weight or they've come out of a medical diagnosis, they no longer meet the criteria for diabetes, type two diabetes, let's say they're, they're great fat metabolizers. So, mm. you know, or, you know, they, they do well with, um, you know, with enzyme therapy, uh, to, get, to kind of get them there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so you, what about like people that are on acid reducers and proton pump inhibitors? I mean, where, mm-hmm. where's the, is there a relationship there with enzymes or a lack of enzymes? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a relationship with the enzyme issue and the mucosal lining of the stomach. So the enzyme issue there is, um, or let's just say I help people who have a desire to no longer take those medications, um, by helping improve the tone and ability of their digestive system. Okay. And of course, enzymes are part of that. And, and an enzyme, a particular enzyme, um, formulation I'm looking at that has, the kinds of things that soothe that, that lining of the stomach. It's, it's not that you don't have enough hydrochloric acid, or it's not that you have too much hydrochloric acid. People get the heartburn, they get the reflux, they get that splash back. It's uncomfortable. It can cause all kinds of issues. I, I mm-hmm. know people who, who have, who have had the heartburn come up and, and the, reflux come up in such a way that, you know, they burn their esophagus, um, burn their vocal cords, just crazy stuff. And so, you know, it's like, okay, so I must have quote too much acid. And I kind of go back to, well, do you have too much acid or do you have a stomach that can't handle what's going on? Mm. And there are many things, you know, that, um, challenge or disrupt or harm the mucosal lining of our stomach. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that is something that needs, it needs soothing. It needs rebuilding. Um, you know, people have the holes in it. They have ulcerations. They have H pylori going wild down there. And, um, and, and everybody wants to, to tamp down that acid. I really don't think that, you know, if we tamp it down, then the body gets these messages like, oh, okay, it's down. Okay. Oh, there isn't enough. Let me make more. And so when people are, you know, and I don't take anyone off medications, that's not my job, but when they go to to their doctor, a medical doctor and say, you know, I want to come off of this purple pill or whatever, um, you know, they have to wean because there's such a, it's such a, uh, firing up of that whole system is, is they're coming off. So, um, you know, what I kind of say is let's get that, the stomach lining healed. Let's get the mucosa 
uh, healthy. I use an enzyme formulation from uh, Loomis Enzymes that has the mucilaginous herbs like the marshmallow and all of that Mm -hmm. in with it. And so they can digest their food better. They can soothe that lining. Uh, and then they can begin to reevaluate whether they they um, want to be on a, a proton pump inhibitor uh, any longer term than they've already been on because you know those uh, it was not the, those medications were not um, the intent of those medications was short term use. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, and the information coming out after, you know, being able to study people with years and years of um, taking an acid blocker or an antacid is that they're uh, at risk, increased risk for spontaneous fracture of the large bones in their leg. Wow. There's increase in kidney failure. Uh, And there was one other, Oh, um, some, and you know, I, I don't know how strong this link is. I don't have the source for you right now, but I can get it for you. Um, but the, an, an increased correlation, at least, um, association with um, dementias. Mm. So that doesn't sound like fun to me. I'd rather no. figure out, you know, our body's job is homeostasis. It's balance. And mm-hmm. so if something's out of balance taking something else that's going to throw it way out of balance in the opposite direction to me is just not a long-term solution. Right. Right. So if you, so I'm sorry. No, if you increase the en- the, the enzyme uh, capacity of the person and their digestive system and you heal those tissues that are, you know, the mucosal linings just not vibrant enough, not healthy enough, then you, then you really have the ability to, to improve their quality of life. Hmm. I'm hearing restoration and healing is completely possible because oftentimes we hear, well, you're just, you know, you're stuck with this forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's, that's not the case. So can you talk a little bit about daily habits or changes that might uh, lead towards that healing and restoration? Sure, sure. Um, Of course, you know, looking at how you can um, have more worker bees, whether it's through supplementation of enzymes um, or the changing up of the diet to include uh, your um, some more raw fruits and vegetables um, and chewing, um, good hydration, again, away from meals, but also paying attention to kind of alluded to this earlier, what are you putting together? And this may be a whole nother discussion we have, but <laughs> food food combining can do a whole lot. Um, yeah. You know, where you put foods, food digested at, at different rates, different types, parts of the food digest at different rates. So an apple is going to digest a whole lot faster than um, a ribeye. Mm-hmm. W- the problem comes in, like I, I always say that, that one of the best things and worst things I've ever invented in far, as far as food is a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Because you have the fast digestion of the bun or the bread uh, and the very slow digestion of the meat, if you're having, yeah. you know, turkey or roast beef. And so, so I would say um, a, a couple of, a really good resource I could recommend is a book by a woman named Sherry Brescia, who wrote Great Taste, No Pain. And she hmm. talked about improving 
um, your, you know, just your overall life and lifestyle and health by learning what foods you can eat together at the same time and what you should separate. I've heard of food combining for helping with other things such as pathogens. And I think there's a component to enzyme therapy and pathogens. And I don't know that we're going to talk about that here, but you know, things like uh, yeast, mold, fungal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So absolutely a component of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll touch on it a little, a little bit. Cause we could go down that road. <laughs> you and I go down <laughs> that rabbit hole for days. Right. But, um, and so if you have, you have an enzyme that is say proteolytic, meaning it, digest proteins that is something if if your pathogen has it depends what what kind of cover what protective cover does your pathogen have um for instance yeast fungal yeast stuff uh, often has um, a cellulose cover Mm. well you know we don't make cellulase but but if you were to take cellulase um you would improve your body's ability to fight that pathogen because it could this the supplementation could take the protective cover off that creature, mm. allowing your immune system to have fun. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like here you go, have at it. <laughs> here it is. Go do your job now. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome exactly. that we can do. You know that we can do restoration. We can do prevention. Eating more raw foods, um, drinking water—you know, liquids away from meals. Any other daily routine habits you think make a lot of sense? Yeah, I would say you know a a power pack. Even you know some people they can do, they can do raw foods, but some people actually do better with maybe raw fermented. Mm. And that's just that can just be um, you know digestive bliss right there because you have the probiotics and then the type of enzymes that are that occur during the fermentation process um you know it's like it it's just like again it introduces more worker bees and digestive digestion goes more smoothly so then you have breakdown of foods you have assimilation and actual nourishment from your foods yeah, and the the nutrients that come from the vegetables themselves, and you've got mm-hmm. the good bacteria that's in there that helps your immune system work better. Yeah, big fan Absolutely. of fermented vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I far prefer fermented vegetables over most store-bought or more most commercially produced probiotics. Uh, I think probiotic yep. therapies are good for some things, um, but it's far less expensive and far more beneficial to do fermented vegetables. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's most, fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan. Of, I love food. I love to eat and you get, you get a good raw, you know, sauerkraut or a kimchi or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. yay. Not only do I enjoy it, cause there's a lot of things I could enjoy that wouldn't do a thing for me or, yeah. or they would be harmful, but, but you know, you enjoy it and it also makes your tummy happy Yeah, and everything else downstream from there. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do a sort of a hybrid. I call it fermented coleslaw. So, mm-hmm. you know, cabbage and carrots, garlic, ginger, onion, a little bit of sea salt, tiny bit of sugar, a little bit of tamari, three mm. days fermentation. And I've got a condiment that goes with just about anything and helps me to be healthy every day. So, 
love that one. Yeah. That sounds delicious. <laughs> it's a really good one. It's <laughs> a really good one. Um, uh, one other thing that I might uh, bring in maybe for our listeners is you mentioned Pac-Man enzymes. Oh, yeah. We kind of talked about, you know, like what you talk about the the uh, pathogens, right? Yeah. And, and the use of enzyme therapy uh, for pathogens. There's also... Um, uses where you're doing a certain enzyme um, supplements or blends of enzymes in between meals um, so that that you know an enzyme needs a few things to work it needs water it needs the right temperature it needs the right ph and it needs something to work on and that something to work on in between meals could actually be the crud that's stuck in the lymph or in the blood. Mm. And so you can get a, um, uh, what they would say, lipolytic or lipase or a fat, because uh, you know, there's a lot of fatty fluid in the lymph. So something that works on, on that, a, a lipase-based formula. Uh, in between meals to clean up the trash that's in the lymph. Sometimes lymph mm. is very sluggish, you know, yeah. if, if you're like me, you're not a good detoxifier. I got to, you know, I got to move my body. I got a dry brush. I got to jump on a trampoline or go sweat or something and yeah. things will get moving. But, um, you know, in the evening, uh, you know, two hours after dinner, I, I will probably be taking an enzyme formula to help clean up the stuff that my body is needing a little help cleaning out. Yeah. Hmm. That's amazing. So enzymes, uh, pretty beneficial across the board. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I call, I call those Pac-Man enzymes cause I just sort of envision I'm dating myself, but I envision that little Pac-Man coming along and it's in the lymph and it sees some piece of crud and boom, <laughs> you know, eats it up. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I recall, I mean, when you when we're talking about, you know, gut lining and the epithelial cells being large or smaller than they should be, more holes in the gut, things getting into the bloodstream. You know, think about mm-hmm. that Pac-Man coming through and getting those food particles that are that are giving your uh, immune system a run for their money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like yeah. okay, yeah, it's like you feel like you have finally have a defense force that can go in there and and take care of that. Yeah. I think one of the first things I did uh, as I started my schooling and really was looking to change my health. I mean, I changed my diet already, but I was doing very little supplementation. One of the first supplements I took in earnest was a digestive enzyme formula. Mm -hmm. And I took five of them a day, one with each meal and 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And it was literally the first day I noticed a difference. Yes. Yes. Amazing. It, yeah. And that's, and you know, and I, I, I like that because especially when you're working with people and they're, they're like, what's an enzyme? Why is it important? I need my vitamin D. And you're like, because you've got to build these foundations of health and you, and you don't have enzyme potential as it is right now. And it's also, as they're changing their diet, you know, a lot of times those changes cause digestive distress or hmm. they're not seeing improvement but just like you said that like that first day they can you know we always joke that enzymes will also get the colon rolling so you know it's like, <laughs> right 
you get to where you're, you know, you're eliminating better, you're breaking yeah. down your food, you feel more energetic because you might actually be assimilating some nutrients. And it is, it's fast. Yeah. Yeah. I gave some to my aunt after Thanksgiving dinner one day. She's, <laughs> she's like, I need more of those. <laughs> Whatever that is, I need more of them. So, <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if you can overcome Thanksgiving dinner, I mean, you know, Right. Uh, it's a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. So awesome. Awesome. Well, good. I know we can go on and on about details of enzymes, but I think we've given people a lot of really good things to think about and some good things they can even implement. Um, why don't you give them how they can get a hold of you if they're looking for more information on enzyme therapy? Absolutely. Um, they can uh, contact me through my contact page on my website, which is heart. H-A-R-T, like my last name, hearthealthyconsulting.com. Um, and uh, it just uh, enter in into the page and I'll get a note on that. Um, they can find me on Facebook. Um, Heart Healthy Consulting has a business page. Um, and uh, they're also free to call me at 812-459-0180. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you again for helping out. And for those who don't know, Laurel is in Evansville, Indiana. So if you're, I mean, that's kind of like Indiana, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. Southern Illinois. Like there's a lot of people who get to you within a short drive. Yes. Uh, So yeah, yeah, it's a good centralized region. All right. Well, Laurel, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your enzyme information. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me back. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy our conversations and uh, look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to come back and talk about another great topic. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Defy Gravity is here for you, for your health, body, mind, and spirit to bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it. Come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath, and not only a survivor, but I've recovered. And I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you and give you more information and more perspectives. And that is the key to creating the life that you want. So welcome to Defy Gravity. Subscribe, come back regularly. Please invite your friends, share this podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram because we are here to meet your needs. Hey, it's Juliana. I'm excited to announce the Autoimmune Freedom and Restoration Program starting soon. January 27th is the first webinar. It's a Facebook Live, so we encourage you to join us on the Defy Gravity Facebook page. If you'd like information sent to your email, contact us at info at dgfpdigital.com and we'll be happy to send you the information. 
Hope to see you in the autoimmune freedom class.